From west to east and kingdom to kingdom, you're listening to the Diz Unplugged Connecting with Walt podcast. Connecting with Walt is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hey there, hi there, and ho, ho, ho there, and welcome to episode 206 of our holiday edition of the Diz Unplugged, Connecting with Walt podcast. I am your host and Diz historian, Michael Bowling, and I am joined by my co-host, executive producer and good friend craig williams craig how are you today i'm not doing too bad how are you michael i'm doing well i'm sort of trying to recover from destination d23 and i thought oh good i can start unpacking and all that because you know i was at walt disney world in september for the give kids the world this family reunion event then in october i was out there for the uh, the, you know, 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World, then November for Destination D. And then I realized, oh my gosh, next week it is my reservation for Disneyland. <laughs> so oh. I, I'm just reshuffling suitcases and all that. And I'm excited about going to Disneyland. And then I'm excited that I don't have any trips planned for a while. Yeah, but, you um, you packed in a lot, but granted, you knew that you were doing that up front. That's why you got your your Walt Disney World annual pass as well, uh, which it's a good thing you got it when you did. I sure did, um, since they announced when I was, I think, flying home yesterday that they canceled yeah. all those passes. And um, I was luckily able to get... Well, Carol and I always went the first weekend, uh, in, in first December weekend to Disneyland, and we would bring our granddaughter. Granddaughter has since moved to, to near Walt Disney World, or uh, ironically. And 11 months ago, I made, I booked the reservation and actually got into the grand and, um, you know, a, a grand, you know, DVC villa. And then I was able, luckily, to get with my magic key to get the dates. So now all I need is, hey, somebody out there, if you can get me into a candlelight processional, you know, one of, one of the fans out there, let me know. Because <laughs> I would love to see the candlelight processional. Because normally I see it at Walt Disney World, but um, didn't get to this time. Yeah. So. Yeah. But it's, uh, you know what? I'm, I, I'm going to be throwing good vibes your way that it, it works out. And, and someone hears this and is like, yeah, of course. Come, you know, I'll, I'll get you tickets, Michael. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll be happy to, to hey, tell you anything you want to know about Disneyland. <laughs> if you want a private tour of the park all day, I will give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, as long it does as not you include admission. Give- <laughs> yeah, no, not admission. But as long as you, well, if there'll be Club 33 members who have access to Candlelight, so they have admission. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, no, but if you can get me a seat, hey, I am yours that day. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I great. can be bought. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, 
Well, this is our last episode of 2021, because as Craig has mentioned, uh, you know, we are taking um, a break in December mm-hmm. to sort of refuel and give me some time to research and unpack, because a lot of my books, my house has been going through a lot of lengthy refurbishment, lengthy because it is so hard to get people to show up to actually work on your house um, and all that. So a lot of my research books have been packed. So which is why like Storytime with Michael has been delayed, because the books I need for it are not accessible yeah. right now. And all that. So uh so I'll be unpacking and researching for twenty twenty two episodes and things like that. So, but right now, Craig and I have broken out the nog. We're wearing our Santa hats. We have our turkey legs for Thanksgiving. So we are all set to record our last episode of 2021. And then, then of course, we'll, we'll, we'll break out the champagne for New Year's, you know? <laughs> so. Oh, it's going to so. be a long night then. Yeah. Oh, and latkes for Hanukkah. We have to have those too, Craig. Oh man, so. I I don't know if I have the stomach capacity for any of this, <laughs> but I can I can make some room. Oh, uh, well, you know, after all of you, so many of you shared your memories of Walt Disney World to celebrate our two hundredth episode and the fiftieth anniversary of Walt Disney World. We thought that since the holidays mean getting together with family and loved ones. It would be nice for our connecting with Walt family to share their holiday memories that they've had in Disney parks over the years. So so first we thought that we might share uh, a few of ours. So, so Craig, what's, what's your first memory of Walt Disney World during the holidays? Well, Walt Disney World during the holidays, it would have been, I, I can't remember which year exactly, somewhere probably around 2007 or 2008 when my sister was on the college program. And we, of course, had to, we had to come and visit because, you know, it's it, she wasn't coming home for Christmas that year. So that was the only way to see her. And I remember, it, it, actually, you know what? Yeah, it must have been, it must have been about two thousand. I'm going to say it was two thousand eight because I remember we left out of out of Pittsburgh, and then soon after that we'd be we'd be living in Cincinnati for a little while too. But I, you know, I I, I can remember the plane ride down there because we had to de-ice and it was a mess, and you know, get down to Florida, and it was not winter in Florida. I mean. It was, but it wasn't. You know, it wasn't. wasn't the snow and ice that that we were leaving behind in in Pennsylvania. It was a lot better weather. Uh, now that I'm down here, of course, I wish it was snowing and and icing up and all of those things that everyone from the the Northeast hates. But uh, yeah, I I just remember being mesmerized by Christmas. At, at Walt Disney World, you know, I, I don't want to say like I didn't know stuff happened. I mean, clearly we we grew up watching the uh, the Christmas Day Parade and such, so I knew that there was decorations on Main Street and knew there was a tree and all of that, but I didn't know the extent of of Christmas around there. And we came probably the second or third week of December, so. 
at that point in time, you know, the the holidays had been going on for long enough for my sister to be going around to all the resorts and, you know, and truly discovering everything that Walt Disney World actually offered for the holidays. So, you know, she was able to take us on a tour of of everywhere. Right? We stayed at we stayed, I want to say, at Wilderness Lodge on that one, but it might have been Yacht Club. I know, I know those were two of the first ones I stayed at over the Christmas time period, but I'm not sure exactly which one it was, but, you know, we got to go and, and see the, the, uh, gingerbread displays at the beach club and, and at the boardwalk and see like the little ski town that they set up at the yacht club, uh, see the Christmas tree in Wilderness Lodge, like I already mentioned. And of course, experience Mickey's very merry Christmas party, which just absolutely blew my mind. Um, you know, I, I'm sure at some point, maybe even during this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, Disney very merriest after hours because you had the, uh, uh, the, I don't want to say the privilege to attend because well, no, I paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it, yeah, I, I just, I miss Mickey's very merry Christmas party so, so much. And, you know, it was it was my first time seeing the full Once Upon a Christmas Time parade and holiday wishes. And back then is when they still in Tomorrowland when they had the theater back there. That's mm-hmm. now long gone. But back at that theater, they used to do um, a, a retelling with Mickey and the gang of uh, the night before Christmas, which was my favorite 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 stage show uh you know the the cinderella castle stage show at the parties you know it's always always fine but that was my that was my absolute favorite one because i mean it was a full-blown show all the way back in tomorrowland and there was only a handful of benches there was a you know it you got there early and you got a seat or you're just kind of standing up around in the back it was a very intimate intimate show that was just so so well done i'm sure someone has video of it out there on youtube that you can go back and watch that i know i don't because i wasn't doing this back then but i I, it, it was one of those things that the first time we were there for christmas it just instantly instantly made us decide that christmas was the greatest time of year to come to walt disney world and i i stand by that you know even we'll say the holidays just because you know we don't want to we don't want to throw out all of our our friends who celebrate hanukkah or any other holiday during the time period uh but you know it is it is christmas 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 heavy all around and i it's just there is a magic there i even have jewish friends who who admit too that it's just the resort looks so pretty this time of year with the extra lights and mm-hmm. and uh, all the decorations around so even if you don't celebrate christmas at least you can appreciate seeing the park in a in a different way than throughout the rest of the year and yeah that that very first trip at christmas left the just the biggest impact for me hmm. that sounds wonderful what wonderful memories that stage place sounds terrific something i would really enjoy yeah yeah so. But um, my first Christmas, because we would go to Disneyland every year, like most Californians, but it's always in the summer. 
when we'd go. And then, of course, when I, when I worked for the mouse, I was there more often, but I was never there at Christmas time. And so when the first Christmas was when my mother passed, is is my first Christmas I experienced at Disneyland. My mother was Christmas. My mother believed that your strongest childhood memories are of the holidays. So she made sure holidays were big. And I mean, she decorated for every holiday. I mean, and I'm not talking about uh, Easter and Christmas. Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day. I mean, the most obscure little holidays she decorated for it. And it was like a thing. And I always thought, oh, my God. I mean, Christmas was, I mean, heavily decorated our house. And it was so much work and effort she put into it. And we, I didn't appreciate it, you know, until she passed and until I became a parent and you know, and, and Carol said, what, what are you doing when I was, I mean, we would have two trees. I mean, in the, in this house and a Disney tree and then my, what I would call the, my family tree, which had all my old family ornaments and some of them from Europe that my grandparents had brought over in a barrel, you know, along with China and stuff like that. And, um, and, and all this stuff, but, and my father was not into Christmas. He, just didn't care for it. I mean, he didn't like receiving gifts, even on his birthday. It just put him in a horrible, horrible mood. And my mother did everything she could to counteract it. And so that we really wouldn't notice that my father was just a pill during that whole time. And he'd come out of it at New Year's. And, 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 and a pill. I could use stronger words, but I know we have families listening. <laughs> so, but, but he made it horrible, really horrible. And so my mother just worked so hard to make Christmas wonderful for us yeah. and magical. So when she died that first Christmas, it was like I took it over. And, and I had the Christmas tree delivered. I somehow, I didn't even know how I arranged that because my mother died when we were fairly young. And so I, um, but I knew my father said, no, we'll drive and get it. And I said, no, no, I did because I knew that chances are he would be in his mood by then and he wouldn't get his, get the tree. And I was right. And so um, I got huge tree. I rearranged the living room. So he got a giant tree and all this stuff. It's the only time my father said he complimented the tree. <laughs> And I think it was because he realized the work I put into it. But finally, my aunt said, uh, you know what? You're coming down here and you're going and we're taking you to Disneyland. And so because they knew out of everybody in the family what Disneyland meant to me. And so we went to Disneyland on Christmas Day. It was my mother's younger sisters and who are also, of course, missing my mother, too. And. And I, um, I, and, and those are the days when people did not go to Disneyland on Christmas. It's not like today. And the park was empty. I remember we walked in and it was a bright, sunny day. We'd gone to midnight mass at one of the, I think the, uh, one of the missions in, uh, in the San Fernando Valley near where they lived. And I'd never done that. That was cool. Uncomfortable benches, but they were, of course, carved by Native Americans. And so, um, back in the day, 
So I don't think comfort was on their mind. And, um, but it was a gorgeous mission. And then we went to, we went to, uh, Disneyland. It was just gorgeous. It was like, beyond imagination it was so beautiful and the christmas music is blaring on main street usa that we went on every single attraction and it was i think the first time it was i felt like all the burdens i had been feeling and the grief and all that for like one moment i didn't have it i wasn't carrying it with me and um it was just a glorious day and and so so Disneyland at Christmas has always been very special in there. And we were talking before the show. Carol and I, you know, always went and we always took the children down that first weekend in December. When we were first married, we'd go the first weekend in December to Disneyland. And that was when you could get dining packages and for the candlelight ceremony. And, and then um, they'd march you in and you could sit, you know, down you'd be guaranteed a seat at candlelight and that was wonderful we loved candlelight and then it became basically club 33 members and things like that so the the rabble can't see candlelight unless you are willing right when the park opens grab the few benches that are there to the public and just sit there all day which i'm not willing to do so uh, and so um but then after that, you know, we took our children that first weekend in December, and then we took our granddaughter, you know, that first weekend in December. And even this year, like I said, I'm going, but, you know, I'll be there by myself this time. So, uh, but, um, you know, it's just, it's really not Christmas if I don't go to Disneyland. And they used, we used to take the kids and our granddaughter to the Christmas party, and and all that and it was just and the christmas party was all part of disneyland i mean we didn't have a separate ticketed event it was just you know they had the fireworks and the parade and special little treats you could get you know things like that so um but what was ticketed when I was in college and when carol and i were for, were dating and first married was the new year's eve party Oh. At Disneyland. And that was great. They controlled the people in the park. And, uh, you got, uh, you know, you, when you went in, you got a, you know, one of those paper, those funny top hats that are covered in that cellophane. Yeah. I don't even yep. know if they still make those. And you got a, you got a, a noisemaker. And I remember it's funny when we were walking by the Matterhorn, a whole monorail passed by of people. Imagine a monorail passing by with everybody in party hats blowing those noisemakers <laughs> as it passes over you. It was, it was terrific. It was great, but they had big name people there. It wasn't just these groups and DJs. They had popular groups at the time, like the Pointer Sisters. Wow. You know, and the temptations and, and, and people like that, big groups would perform there. And then they would have the big fireworks show, you know, at midnight and all that. And those parties were so wonderful because you weren't shoulder to shoulder. And there was so much entertainment of people that you normally wouldn't see, you know, unless you, they were in a city near you and uh, and 
Oh, they were. It was just so much fun, and it's too bad that they dropped those. Um, you know those parties, and then what amazed us was because then you know by the time the night ended in 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 the lagoon, submarine lagoon, it'd be party hats floating because they'd fall off people's heads as they were on the monorail. Of course, because remember Disneyland's monorails windows are partially opened and yep. stuff, and or they'd fall off the people mover <laughs> as they went by, and all that. And I remember Carol and I then went, you know, we went the next morning when the park opened. That park was squeaky clean. There was not a hat floating in the lagoon anywhere or anything <laughs> like that. I was, it was just, just amazing. Just amazing. And, you know, Disneyland is just so heavily decorated. Every single realm is decorated at Disneyland, um, not just uh, Main Street. And oh, all that yeah no that's but, I, I mean i it, as much as like you know i'm i come in from the walt disney world background i actually think i have stronger memories of christmas at disneyland because mm-hmm. it's just it is it's so much bigger than even what walt disney world does which is a lot um it's mm-hmm. just you know walt disney world has more hotels to decorate and and the uh, cruise ships they and, decorate those exactly i mean there's there's a lot there's a lot that can be decorated but yeah i disneyland at christmas is like nothing else <laughs> yeah and now the, and the, and they decorate now um they're getting now into decorating more and more of california adventure mm-hmm. and they and they theme it so well that that 30s theme decorations on on buena vista street and, and then Cars Land is just a hoot. Yeah. With Cars themed decorations. And then the wonderful um, Feliz Navidad celebration that they do. So they have um, the the Latin themed decorations there with the that whole celebration that they do. And um, it, it, which is so joyful. And they have a wonderful sort of fiesta party that they do there uh, oh my gosh it's great now they've combined it with like a their own sort of food and wine festival yeah. over there that, that that's that's themed with with foods from like mexico and and other places uh it's wonderful just wonderful yeah but um but you know, Carol and I had a lot of holiday visits to Walt Disney World too. We would go there a lot. We always got a dining package for Candlelight Processional. We would do um Les Celliers, you know, but then um Carol loved um Chefs de France. So that would be our go to for dining packages. And we'd go to the Candlelight Processional there. And, uh, and we, we did get a dessert package once for the Osborne, um, lights. And that was a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah. th- we thought that was well worth it. Oh, I mean, and that was, that's, the, <laughs> that's the biggest loss that, that we've had at Walt Disney World with, mm-hmm. with Christmas. I mean, that was, you know, I, omitted that part from the story the first time that we came here but that was that was huge i think we spent more time in the in hollywood studios for osborne lights than we did anywhere else i mean we did Mm -hmm. we did it all we did candlelight processional i think that very first time we saw cheetah rivera 
if I'm remembering correctly. And it might have been her, it might have been Whoopi. It was one of the two. But, uh, you know, we, we did everything that Epcot had to offer. That was Animal Kingdom as well, too. That was back when they had the Jingle Jungle Parade. Yes, that they we, I remember of. that. That was a um, cute little parade. It was. And I, I like the Merry Menagerie they have now, but the the Jingle Jungle Parade was a really good it was a really good parade. And mm-hmm. uh it's it's very missed, but it, Osborne Lights, I mean that that was the highlight for me every single year. Uh mm-hmm. it, it didn't be- matter yeah. how good the party was. It didn't matter, you know, I I love holiday wishes. I love everything about Very Merry. But Osborne Lights just never ceased to impress every single time it just it, it was the perfect holiday entertainment all those it was lights, glorious dancing just, oh it just made it just put you in the spirit just so much we made sure we were there when it glowed away mm-hmm. because you know and um and then was and was there a diz cruise once during the holiday season there was. It was yeah. right before I. Well, there actually no. Sorry, there was two. Um, there was one in two, December twenty ten, or sorry, not December twenty ten, December twenty eleven. There was one because uh, that was right. Sorry, gosh, I am getting my dates all wrong with that. December twenty twelve. There was definitely one then because mm-hmm. Pete was trying to bring me on staff at that point in time, and literally. Uh, New Fantasyland had just opened and he was, he called me after the coverage was done and said, Hey, we need you at the house tomorrow to record. Also, by the way, can you go on a cruise like starting tomorrow? <laughs> and I said, uh, I'm going to have to quit Universal if I'm going to do that. I'm going to have to like legitimately quit, like not two weeks, just go. So I need a paycheck, uh, for, in, uh, for the, as far as I can see out, if I'm going to do that, and he pulled back, and was like, "No, no, no, don't worry about it. It's I, I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to bring you on board yet." So I missed out on that one, and then we did have one on the magic in, I want to say it was December 2014. And, I thought so yeah. because Carol and I went on those, and I remember just how beautiful the ships are and we combined it you know with all the other things they talked about and we we went to uh, the merry uh, the very merry christmas party too whatever it was and uh, we always went to those anytime we were out there and uh oh just the cruise ships are just so festive and and it's so much fun because when we're, you know when there's a dis event you know, at Christmas time, when you're seeing all your fa- your friends and all that, it it just made those made it so special. Oh, yeah. You know, it was. I mean, it's so different from going to the parks because maybe you'll bump into people, maybe you have some friends going at the same time. But when it's a Diz cruise, that's a whole different thing. Yeah, because you know there's going to be friends <laughs> on that ship. Yeah, yep. and th- and to have it during Christmas was. Even better. And the Christmas are, the, I mean, the, the decorations on those ships are just extraordinary. Yep. I, my favorite thing is with DCL at Christmas. I mean, the last cruise I've ever been on was December 2019. 
and that was or it might have been november doesn't matter uh but that was the last one i was on and it was a christmas cruise on the the disney dream and i love how when you board the ship on the first day it's still playing in the hallways all of the you know the normal dcl loops that you would hear any other time of the year mm-hmm. and so you still hear you know whale of a tail and all the the kind of they'll throw in the nautical themed ones so you know you're on a disney cruise uh, but then once that cruise starts, it turns into Christmas and all the music changes to Christmas music. The, the tree lighting is on night one and it is a glorious tree lighting. And mm-hmm. you are then, you are then immersed in Christmas, uh, everywhere you go. Not, not in a terrible way. Um, it's cause if you don't celebrate Christmas, it's not like you're going to feel out of place. Like, it's like any other cruise. When there's special mm-hmm. events happening, they advertise it very well. It'll be in the atrium and or it'll be on top deck. It's happening at this point. If you want to see it, be there. If not, avoid it. But it's just it can be as Christmassy as you want or is it, or you can just avoid it and do all the other things you want. But mm-hmm. I choose to always uh, be immersed in the Christmas with the with the oh, yes. snow in the atrium and the the carolers and the the gingerbread houses in the lobby. Mm-hmm. It's so perfect. It was. It was. Yeah. So it was great seeing the gingerbread houses back up, like at, at the Grand Floridian, because we had dinner. Oh, we had a lunch over there um, during D twenty three, and it was just great seeing all of that back. And oh, the Grand Floridian is so beautiful at Christmas. But yeah, but I got to see the Polynesian decorated. Of course, Saratoga Springs was very nicely decorated. I was at a couple of other resorts too. I can't recall. Um, the one that's just sort of disappointing is actually the Contemporary. They- yeah, it's well they they used to do the gingerbread, uh, the gingerbread castle on level four which they did not do this year mm-hmm. at least i didn't i'll be honest i didn't go up there a single time over uh destination d23 to even look but that's usually the main decoration and then the lobby is you know simple you know simple trees and and garland and such which they had a little bit of that but i never made my way up to the the fourth floor to see if they were I didn't doing anything see it. There. i missed a big gaudy silver tree they used to put in the in the Grand Canyon concourse, that was before they littered it with shops. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, it, it's but, but it fits so well. <laughs> it still would fit well. I, yeah, I yeah. wish I wish they'd have something yeah. like that there. It's but yeah, that's it. There are weak hotels for Christmas at Walt Disney World. They are not all created equal by mm-hmm. any means. Yeah. Did you have any other memories? Oh, yeah, my, holiday memories? yeah, the only other one that I'll I'll take the time to share because I have a lot. I mean, literally, our my honeymoon with Kylie was at Disneyland over Christmas time. Um, so it's you know I I a lot of special memories, but I I will never forget 2013 uh, going to Disneyland for Christmas. It's you know after I started with the Diz and Pete sent me out to cover the start of the holidays because there was a press event and so they gave us they gave tom bell a pass and then they were like okay we can give you one more and so i took it and you know it it, pete allowed me to bring kylie along for the trip as well too so uh we literally just 
ended up having the greatest time ever because Pete was in the festive spirit. So, you know, he put us in first class on the way out and put us up at the Disneyland hotel. And so it just, it like, it was pure magic. And, uh, you know, we being at Disneyland hotel every single night, we were able to, to end the night at Trader Sam's, which of course gets, gets decorated and gets special drinks added for, for the holiday season, which I didn't know. Cause I hadn't been there for the holidays at that point in time. So that just became like our home. Like by the, the fifth night that we were there, the bartender knew us by first name and we always chose the right time where our stoles would be there. And it just, it, it was like, it was like we were at home while we mm-hmm. were there. And, you know, we got to, we got to be there for the grand debut of World of Color Winter Dreams, the first oh, iteration. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that was, uh, I, I still, I will never forget that event. Um, I, I think even, even Kylie was able to go as like a plus one. And so I was on the media riser for it and watched i watched it and filmed it from there and tom and kylie were off watching it from the side but i it was just like i i was mind blown because they used the the old uh, ear technology i can't even remember what it's called anymore. oh i remember that but where you wear the ears and they all glow and light up so that was that was my first time ever seeing it because it not it hadn't come to walt disney world at that point yet and you know that was that was they 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 basically made the world debut of Let It Go and Olaf and all that during that show because Adina Menzel had sang Let It Go at the D twenty three Expo earlier in the year, but the movie wasn't out yet, so uh, people were hearing it for the first time and they didn't really know what to make of it. Like besides, yeah, that's interesting, but I don't understand. And why is the snowman singing about what happens in summer? Um, it was all like, but Kylie and I had seen a screening of it already. So like we knew everything and we're just so in love with that show. And, uh, you know, in Cars Land, Cars Land getting decorated as well too was just mind blowing and, and being at Disneyland and dis- riding Haunted Mansion Holiday for the first time, mm-hmm. uh, didn't know that It's a Small World had their holiday overlay and show that they did on the facade of that. So that was like a happy surprise. And I remember watching um, watching the the Disneyland's Christmas fireworks. And it, what why I remember watching it so much was... I don't know if it was just a different time back in 2013, but we were maybe, I'd say 20, 30 feet be in, in front of uh, the partner statue. So we were looking Walt and Mickey in the eyes, kind of like right in that area. And we showed up 30 minutes before the show and had no one else around us. Uh, the oh, only wow. people we had around us were our other friends who just happened to be in Disneyland at that point. And, and like, I, that set the precedent for how I thought all Disneyland fireworks shows were just mm-hmm. like, Oh, you show up 30 minutes before and no one's, no one's actually watching. <laughs> and boy, was I wrong on that yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, but it just, that was so, so magical. And like, we went all in, we got matching Disneyland sweatshirts with Mickey wearing the, the Santa hat. And like, it just, it literally, 
it literally changed me. And I think that was the first year of Jingle Cruise as well. So that was that was very special to be able to see it out in in California. And I I mean I, I could literally just go on and on and on from that trip. Like it, it literally just set expectations that Walt yeah. Disney World couldn't live up to because like you said, every every land is decorated in some way. It doesn't and, just end at main main street. And, and, my favorite attraction, though, at Christmas time of Disneyland is It's a Small World. That holiday overlay they do. Oh, my gosh. It, it You'd have to be a humbug yep. not to come out of there in the Christmas spirit. Plus, the facade at night is gorgeous, all yep. lit up with Christmas lights. And then they um, do the projections every 30 minutes on it. And during the fireworks, where it looks like the, the whole facade comes alive. It's amazing. So, um, it's, I miss it. I miss yeah, it so much. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it soon. I'm so jealous. So. I'm so jealous. I, mm-hmm. I desperately miss Disneyland, especially yeah. at Christmas. Well, you'll have to come out. <laughs> if only. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we've, we, we shared our, our, some of our holiday memories, but now let's, let's hear from you. The ones that you shared with us. So I'm going to read the first one. And this is from Michelle, Darren, Noah, and Leo. And they write, I'm so looking forward to your upcoming holiday episode, at least partly because it brings back so much nostalgia for our family's holiday trip. In December of 2015, we, me, my husband, my seven-year-old son, Noah, And my two-year-old son, Leo, traveled to Walt Disney World with my parents and brother. It was the first time any of us had been during the holiday season, and it was Leo's first trip ever. Oh, and what a great age to be two years old and going to Walt Disney World at Christmas for the first time. We had an amazing time soaking it all in. We rented DVC points and stayed in a two-bedroom villa at Animal Kingdom Villas in Kidani. And we were blown away by the holiday decorations and the magnificence of the resort itself. The kids had an absolute blast with the rides and shows, and we felt so lucky to make it in time to watch the last season of the Osborne Spectacle of Lights at Disney Hollywood Studios. We even experienced some extra pixie dust when Leo's propeller hat fell off and landed in the water. We were in Liberty Square at the time. I wonder if one of the um, alligators ate it. <laughs> propeller. <laughs> so, so I stopped in to ask if there was any chance that it might get picked up and sent to Lost and Found. And the wonderful cast member gave us a voucher to replace it free of cost. One thing became an immediate running joke that we still laugh about today, and you may notice it from the attached photos. Uh, Craig, you must have the attached photos. <laughs> I do. I'll, I'll forward them to you so you can see from all the okay. people who sent us photos with their uh, their stories. Oh, great, great. That would be great. Okay. Uh, let's see. So my youngest was an absolute turd when it came to taking staged photos. Oh, yes. I... Our daughter was that way. (laughs) We have some wonderful candidates, but he staged a revolt almost every time we tried to take a posed photo. Even our photo with with the Beast, where Leo appears to be smiling, we just managed to get a lucky shot of him mid-grimace, while he is pushing with all his might to get out of my arms. 
Despite his photo rebellion, we had a magical Christmas Eve dinner at Be Our Guest Restaurant, seated right in front of the snowing window in the ballroom. Oh, that is Christmassy. The next morning, the kids were overjoyed to wake up to the small gifts that Santa had left in our room for them to enjoy on our flights home after our Christmas morning brunch at Boma. While we have taken two family trips since then, we hadn't been back during the holiday season. We were so excited to have a trip planned for December of 2020, only to have it postponed twice due to COVID. We are hoping to try again next year with the added advantage of being able to enjoy the extended 50th anniversary celebration. But in the meantime, we are soaking up all the holiday content the Diz has been offering to us. And thank you. Thank you so much for allowing us to add to your holiday spirit, Michelle, Dara, Noah, and Leo. Yeah. And once again, just making us miss the Osborne lights. Mm-hmm. just feels like a, a dagger every single time I think about it. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, our next story comes from Linda that luckily Linda did not follow the directions and sent it in via email. But luckily I checked the Facebook uh, thread where I posted about this and noticed she posted it here. So it, it's short, but, but sweet. And Linda says, we went one year on Christmas back in the days of Regis and Kathy Lee. Uh, oh, I remember those days. Yeah. It's definitely before my time, obviously. It, based it was when said. the, it was when the Christmas parade was a real Christmas parade. Yeah. yeah. And I, I remember on watching TV. it and I've seen the clips. I, I've seen it all. So mm-hmm. I just, Never got to experience it, but that's when Linda went and uh, said that my two girls chose not to wear holiday stuff, but instead <laughs> wore Tower of Terror <laughs> and Mighty Ducks apparel. So we must be looking like 95, 96, right around in that time period. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't get picked to hop into the parade, but everyone else around us did. And they have it on VHS t- tape. It's one of their hysterical memories. And that, oh, that's funny. You have to get that VHS transferred over to digital. Yeah, I would. <laughs> if you ever transfer it to digital and put it on YouTube, please please share it with us because yeah, let us, yeah. <laughs> love to see that it, how sad everyone else gets to you know get in on all the fun and then it's like no the the non-holiday people just you stand there you stay there <laughs> that's funny that's funny we were at disneyland once i remember when they were doing the filming and i was so surprised that it, it it's not as smooth as it appears on television nope. <laughs> no it never is <laughs> yeah Okay, well, Beverly shared her favorite Christmas memory, and that was last year, in December of 2020. It was the first time I was able to take my young grandson. It was great getting out after being cooped up so long from all the COVID stuff. Being able to take him to the park and ride rides with him while my other daughters and husbands and husband rode other rides was just amazing. Since I had PhotoPass, we did a couple photo shoots together and a couple on his own. It was just nice being able to have family time together and enjoy the holidays there. He was only two, so he won't remember much of it, but there are memories that I'll never forget. And, you know, but even at two, it leaves an impression somewhere deep inside you've planted those seeds linda those or beverly i'm sorry those uh those um 
those Disney seeds yeah. that are going to grow. Yeah, and and even if they didn't, at least like you said, Beverly, you will have the memories that you'll never forget mm-hmm. that you'll be able mm-hmm. to share for years and years and years to come. Yeah, so. and it's it's funny. My when uh, I went to I went just a little before I was two years old. My mother took um, us to Disneyland, and I do re- I have. Of some memories of that trip, like like riding the the very stubborn pack mule and all that, and I, and I I was I rode with my mother, who of course in those days was in a a dress, you know, flared dress, and you know, and heels and all that because you got dressed up to go, yeah, in those days, and and I was in my little shorts and little shirt, looking like a little like Buster Brown in a way, and um. I have memories of that trip, just here and there. So you never know. You never know what he might remember. Very true. Very mm-hmm. true. Our our next story comes from Rachel, and uh, Rachel says right up front, this is unfortunately probably a better story with the attached image, so I realize not ideal for an audio-only podcast. Well, However, well, Craig, can you, can you describe it? Well, I, I'm, I'm going to. I actually rewrote what Rachel said, so I apologize for not reading it exactly how you said, but I tried to rewrite it so it describes the situation, uh, and then I'll describe the photo, too, but it's says this story is about our family's first trip to walt disney world during christmas time we waited until our youngest was almost five and the oldest was eight so they would get the most out of the experience we splurged on a magic kingdom view polynesian room so they could watch the special fireworks from the room which you know yeah you have that's nice you have a great view of it and i highly recommend if you can watch from you know, if you're on the bottom floor, you have the little patio seating. If not, you just open up those those doors and you you watch you watch from directly from your room, or you can even watch from your bed. Uh, but uh, as Rachel says, every single night they passed out in their bed. And <laughs> the attached image, uh, which I did send to you too, Michael, it's hilarious. It's the Two little toddlers, you know, obviously sharing the same bed together, uh, but in their little uh, PJs. And uh, the I, I think I'm. It, it's hard to tell based on the photo, uh, but the one is kind of like sleeping in that position where it's like I'm resting my head on my hand, like I was. I'm trying to stay up, but I just can't fight it anymore, and I'm gonna pass out. And the other one is like literally a uh, stomach down uh just if it, if their head wasn't just turned to the side in the right way you know they they'd be face down completely too with one leg hanging off the bed as well too and no covers on either one of them it's <laughs> hilarious and uh ultimately Rachel says they didn't see a single firework the whole week uh, but that's funny. But Rachel and her husband enjoyed them very much. And of course, if you can do the math, now they are 15 and 18, and they are actually heading back this Christmas for the first time in several years. And Rachel's hoping they can stay awake this time. Well, give them food. They'll <laughs> <No>, stay awake. <laughs> They're uh, teenagers. <laughs> and, uh, oh, and make sure that you have the feety pajamas for them. Yeah, they have mm-hmm. to recreate the photo, too. So, yeah. Rachel, yes, make absolutely. sure recreate the photo, force them to do it, and send it to us after your trip. 
<laughs> well, this holiday memory is from Joe, and this is from Disneyland, my side, my kingdom here. Um, he's, Joe says, my daughters and I had a tradition of going to Disneyland on December 23rd. We called it Christmas Eve Eve. I would always leave work early to pick them up to avoid the L.A. traffic in the late afternoon. Uh, well, of course, now it's 24 hours a day. Um, we started this tradition around 2003, a few months after my youngest was born. We would enjoy the time, go on the Haunted Mansion holiday ride, enjoy holiday treats, then head home to get ready for Christmas Eve. We ended up stopping this tradition when Disneyland became really overcrowded. Oh, that's too bad. So um, maybe now you can start it up again, Joe, since they are, you know, limiting, you know, now with the reservation system yep. and all that. Maybe that's the one positive thing out of it is that, you know, if you book early enough, maybe you can um, start this up again since they are limiting the number of guests in yep. the park. That I, would be nice. I'll be honest. I, you know, I, since living in Florida, I've done... I've done basically every day around Christmas. The only day I don't think I've gone into Magic Kingdom or any other park is Christmas Day. Um, mm-hmm. I just I have no desire to. I it's not it's not for me. I, I don't need to, not even because of crowds. I just I I want to be at home on those days. Uh, but I love love visiting any of the parks on the twenty third. I've I've been to Magic Kingdom on the 23rd, Hollywood Studios, uh, Epcot for Candlelight Processional. I've even been to Candlelight Processional on the 24th, which I feel like that is that is the best day you could possibly watch Candlelight Processional and make that like kind of your your Christmas Eve church service in a way. But I I hope Joe starts it back up again because it's really I, I think I think those two days before Christmas are some of the most special days you can visit any Disney park. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Well, our next story comes from Michelle and Michelle says, this story is from my first time going to Walt Disney world for Christmas time. It was with my immediate family, parents and two siblings. And I think somewhere around 2009 or 2010, I can't recall. They had no idea what to expect, did not know all the amazing Christmas stuff going on, and obviously everything was magical and new. However, the most memorable moment was when we were at Hollywood Studios at night, rounding the corner and around Star Tours, and we could not get over the backlog of people. Why was it so jam-packed at this juncture? What was everyone looking at? And if you've listened to this episode up to this point, you probably already know what I'm going to say. Uh, and then Michelle... It was, a, it was the Christmas churro, right? Exactly. Yes, <laughs> yes clearly. Uh, uh, Michelle and their family made the turn into the Osborne spectacle of dancing lights. They had no idea they were a thing. And just to stumble upon them was mind-blowing. Our family of five at the time wandered off in various directions, just stunned at this amazing display of lights. We stayed there for hours and hours watching each song and seeing every detail in the lights, including the purple cat. Oh, good for one- you. Yeah. I, you got to find the purple cat. And then mm-hmm. even though the Razorback was always in the same place, always loved, loved seeing <laughs> that as well, too. But it would have been one thing to expect to see these lights for the first time, but they have no idea they were there. I'm not sure anything can top that. And 
I, I kind of agree. The only the only way you could have topped that is if you would have happened to be there for the lighting ceremony and just like down there because like oh walking towards the next thing and what's going on here there sure is a lot of people and then to see the lights flick on out of nowhere like that's Mm -hmm. the only thing that truly could have topped that carol and i did that once we went there for that and that that is amazing yeah. Oh, it's that was amazing. I loved the energy and atmosphere in there. The other thing that I absolutely loved is, of course, the lights did go off at the end of the night. Uh, you know, they just didn't keep running in after the park was closed and it was all over. And so it was always really haunting to see the final the final fading down of the lights. And I, I do have my video. I think I, I released it last year during the pandemic. A uh, big, long display of the lights, including the, the final song of the night. And it's just like, there is an eeriness about it, but it's also beautiful. Well, now uh, the, our next one is from Utah. Austin from Utah saying his favorite Christmas memory at a Disney park is visiting, oh, this is Disneyland Paris. In 2018, as part of a two-week vacation to Paris and London for the holidays. Oh, what wonderful cities to be in for the holidays. Mm -hmm. Although there were many holiday decorations and music playing in the streets of Paris, the festivities were a little more subdued than normal since there were a lot of riots happening in Paris that year. However, Disneyland Paris is filled with the Christmas spirit. I'll never forget the magical moment of walking down Main Street, hand-in-hand with my wife, looking at all the decorations as sleigh ride played in the background. It even looked like a more traditional Christmas scene as all the guests, including myself, were bundled up in winter coats, scarves, and beanies, something I hadn't seen to that extent at Disneyland or Walt Disney World. The two of us ran around and played in both parks that day, but I was constantly in disbelief that I was actually there. Disneyland Paris is a beautiful park, and although Walt Disney Studios needs work, it was still fun to be there and experience the fun attractions unique to that park. It was a dream come true. I can only imagine, because first of all, Disneyland Paris is the most beautiful of all parks, and then to have Christmas decorations... Mm -hmm. It must just be spectacular. Yeah, I feel like the only way you can top that is Christmas decorations and be lucky and it actually snows and sticks Mm -hmm. in that park, which obviously we've all we've all seen the pictures at some point in time of the snow sticking inside that park. But yeah, oh, I that's that's a bucket list trip for me one day. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot that I've been to the international parks during the holidays. Carol and I were at Tokyo Disneyland. Uh, after a little after nine eleven, and so you know, traveling, uh, you know, internationally was a bit of a challenge back in those days. And we were in Tokyo Disneyland, and well, first of all, being in Tokyo, it was fascinating because Christmas was just starting to become a big thing, and they didn't quite have it down uh, for you know they were they were selling like what we would Christmas lights you know, that we would get at Walmart for a couple of bucks or something for an outrageous amount of money. And, but, you know, we saw something where it was like Santa Claus, Claus hanging on a crucifix was one of the decorations. <laughs> so they, 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 they were still had to work it through and all that. But we were in Disneyland, uh, Tokyo Disneyland when it snowed. 
And it was beautiful. We'd never seen a castle covered in snow. And, you know, and all, everything was still open. They still ran the parades and all that. Somehow they figured out that when, when moisture falls from the sky, they still are able to run parades and all of that. We not quite figured that out here in the States. No. But, um, and, and it was funny. We were going on, um, they have this little boat ride. That goes around. It may have been Disney Sea. I can't remember which one it was. This little boat ride that goes around and the uh, cast members were, there weren't a lot of people in the park that day. I think because of the weather and the cast members were making little snowmen, little snow figures and sort of putting them all around in the queue. And all that. That was great. That was great. And then we were, when we were on the Adventures by Disney trip through Dreams Unlimited Travel, where we went to the Asian parks, we saw them at Christmas time. And we got to see the big deal was we got to see the Haunted Mansion at Tokyo Disneyland with the holiday overlay that you get at Disneyland. And and it was just a clue to let you know if they had ever done that holiday the haunted you know haunted mansion holiday overlay at Walt Disney World what it would look like. It was great. And Sally was in two locations in there cuz Sally was new um to them and it was a new addition around the same time at Disneyland as well. And then um I remember when we had our, our connecting with Walt, um, Bob Gurr bus trip day, we got to see, uh, one of the Sally audio animatronics at Garner Holt that they were, had been working on for Disneyland and all that. But we got to see some of the things they were working on for the, the uh, Tokyo Disneyland's haunted mansion overlay. They were adding to it, like the Christmas wind, the windows in the stretching room and stuff like that. They had, duplicates of them there but um it was it was just a lot of fun and um so it's it's too bad the haunted you know magic kingdom doesn't get that overlay but did get a chance to see it you know what what with the potential of it over there and and, um it was great just great i'm gonna say it again i'm extremely jealous (laughs) But uh, we, we still have more stories, too. Our next one comes from Brian. And Brian says, I was inspired by your first round of Disney memories to reach out to my siblings and start a text thread exchanging oh. our favorite memories with one another. And this was the one that came to mind, which, yeah, I just I love that. I love that we inspired them to just actually start talking about all their memories that that yeah, makes me so incredibly wonderful. happy. So Brian says, growing up as vacation club members at Walt Disney World's Beach Club Resort, my family and I have countless magical memories, especially during the holiday season. We'd often go during the week of Thanksgiving because it was a special treat to wake up on Black Friday and see the Christmas holiday decorations appear out of thin air. But it wasn't just the decorations and festivities that made the holiday season so magical at Walt Disney World. It was the cast members adding doses of extra special moments to our already dreamlike vacations. It was one cast member in particular, an older woman driving a ferry boat at the end of the night as guests left Disney's Hollywood Studios, who gave me, my little sister, and my whole family the memory of a lifetime. 
I can trace to the exact day. It was Black Friday 2010. My large family was split up at different parks that day, but all of our plans changed when we got a phone call from mom that we had to stop what we were doing and go straight to Hollywood Studios. It turns out that our youngest sister, who was in sixth grade at the time, was chosen as a finalist for the new American Idol experience. Wow. She must have been very good. You had to be. (laughs) (laughs) You really did. Whatever post-Thanksgiving grumbling and conflicts we had with one another were wiped away. (laughs) Oh, that's why they were all in different parts. (laughs) The same thing I was thinking as well myself. (laughs) Uh, We all got to the park as soon as we could to support our baby sister, who was receiving celebrity status everywhere she went since she was wearing her huge American Idol pin. She was scheduled to perform again at the end of the night, facing the other winners of the day. I can't tell you how many times we went on Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster just to kill time that afternoon, but we were all in a daze, numb with excitement for her. We got VIP front row seats to her final performance at the end of the night. She sang Love Story by Taylor Swift. And although she didn't win, it was a dream come true experience for her yet as we got onto the ferry boat to head back to our resort. This is where the true holiday magic arrived. The cast member who was driving the ferry immediately noticed my sister's American Idol experience pin and made sure that she didn't go unnoticed. She gave our family priority seating in the front of the boat. And once everyone was on board, she announced there was a celebrity on board and asked my sister to stand up. She briefly interviewed my sister about her experience and where she was from and then asked if she would perform the song for the boat. Oh, wow. Yeah, right? (laughs) My sister could handle performing on the American Idol stage with the time to prepare and lights to hide the audience, but this request absolutely terrified her. She was cracking under pressure and near moments from a panic attack, so I stepped in to help her out. The cast member found out that I was a singer as well, so she gave me a second microphone to support my sister, and we sang the song together for the boat. It was sweet. The boat cheered loudly for us, and we thought that was going to be it. But this cast member wanted to give my sister that extra dose of Disney holiday magic. So she encouraged us to keep our microphones and lead the entire boat in singing Christmas carols all the way back to the beach club. I could tell this was her attempt to ease my sister's nerves while also letting her feel special for her accomplishment that day. As a very musical family, this was more in my sister's comfort zone. In the end, we probably sang Christmas carols for over 30 minutes. We sang traditional hymns, old Bing Crosby standards, children's classics. When we ran out of ideas, the cast members started taking requests from our ferry boat audience, and I vividly remember that I had to repeatedly ignore the one guy who kept asking for the little drummer boy, which is intolerable is intolerable to me as last Christmas is to Michael Bowling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I, I love that Christmas card. That was one of my mother's you know. favorites. <laughs> uh, it, it's moments like that, more than the decorations or the food or the music or the rides that create life-lasting memories at Walt Disney World. My sister is now a college graduate working her first full-time job as a ch- church music director. Wow. And this Christmas, she will likely be leading her congregation in some of the songs that she first performed for a 9 p.m. ferry boat filled with Hollywood Studios guests heading back to their hotels on Black Friday 11 years ago. And that's, that's such a beautiful wow. story. What, it is. How magical. Yeah. That is like Christmas magic. 
Another yep. it, what a great story. I, I wish we could track down that, that cast member who was driving the uh, friendship boat because that's, I hope that's a cast member who's still working there right now because mm-hmm. that's the that's the special that's needed at Walt Disney World all yeah. the time, especially right who now. Who knows? I bet if that cast member knew, she would go to that church service. I, bet. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the impact that it, it just, oh, what a touching story. Mm-hmm. So, it so is, nice. it is. Well, this next story comes all the way from England, and Connor shares about their first visit to Walt Disney World in the Orlando area was Christmas 2004 and New Year's 2005. They stayed at a nearby villa because they were a party of seven. Coming from the UK, we were surprised by how chilly it actually was. Mum and Dad took us to Magic Kingdom for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, and it rained all day in both days. Yeah, I can identify. After a lot of ducking in and out of shops and indoor attractions and wasting the only fast pass, we got the entire trip on Stitch's Great Escape. Oh, Connor. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> we still had a brilliant time as we were in Magic Kingdom. On Christmas Eve, our aunt took us to Crystal Palace for the Winnie the Pooh buffet meal, and we enjoyed our encounters with characters, so much so that it has become a tradition to eat there every time we manage to get out to Disney World. As we finished our meal, another guest came over to our table and told my parents that she really enjoyed how my sister, brother, and I had behaved during the meal and gave each of us a Christmas present. Coming from the UK, we couldn't bring many presents with us to unwrap in Christmas Day. In fact, we each had one present under a potted plant in the villa, which we had decorated with tinsel. So this was a lovely magical treat that we were not expecting. I received a beach ball with a snowman in it, which we played with for the rest of the holiday. It truly turned a wet and dreary Christmas into a special magical day, all because of another person person's kindness. How sweet. That, is. Yeah, that was very nice. A great person, whoever did that mm-hmm. out there. And How did they wrap it? I no idea. I don't think you can bring in wrapped presents anymore. No, too. no, I learned that you cannot. <laughs> so uh, must have been in that uh, nice bubble where security wasn't really that uh, that harsh with it. But that's it's so nice. Oh, so but nice. that was two thousand and four, two thousand and five. Are they inspecting bags back then? Yeah, I guess they were. Yeah, they. Mm-hmm. I think they were, but maybe just not. Maybe they didn't care about stuff like that. What, yeah. what a weird, weird time. That we flew mm-hmm. through, yes, <laughs> for sure. Uh, but a sweet story, and uh, the the last one that I will be reading is from Kylie, who uh, has uh, shared a lot of messages with over the uh, the pandemic, but. Kylie says, we have spent a number of Christmases at Walt Disney World, and two stories are emblazoned on my memory and are always top of mind when the topic of holidays at Walt Disney World comes up. The first was when I was 10, and we went for the week between Christmas Day and New Year's Eve. My mother was a teacher, and this was the only time we could go. It was the first trip I would remember, as my very first was when I was three. My grandparents also came with us, which gave me one of the warmest memories I have. 
that of skipping down Main Street, USA with my grandfather first thing in the morning before there were many people in the park. My grandfather was the Christmas spirit personified, and I adored him. Skipping down Main Street decked out in all its Christmas finest with my grandfather was pure magic and one of my most treasured memories. And the second was really very comical. Many years later, we had a trip planned with extended family. Oprah had featured a shippable frozen custard on her favorite things episode, <laughs> and my mother decided to get each person their own pint, 10 in all. Wow. Unfortunately, my cousin and his family had to cancel, but it was too late to edit the order. We were staying at Boardwalk in a DVC villa. As often happens as Disney, there was so much food that we didn't eat much of the frozen custard. Determined not to let it go to waste, however, the six of us grabbed the ten pints and downed as much of it as we could stomach on the morning of checkout. <laughs> it felt so indulgent and was also difficult to eat through the laughter at the absurdity of the situation. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to everyone. Can't wait to get there for Christmas sometime soon, I hope. Uh, and did that put you off uh, frozen custard? <laughs> yeah, eating all that. So I have a similar story. I was in uh, New York uh, a little while back and bought ice cream for the hotel room and had to do the exact same thing on checkout day. I was scarfing down pints of ice cream because I could not <laughs> let it go to waste. So I I relate to this story so so much. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right, my final story is from Todd in Michigan. And Todd writes, so I'll give a short bit brief backstory. I grew up a Disney fan watching old movies like Bedknobs and Broomsticks to Davy Crockett and Old Yeller. So I went to school, I remember kids going to Disney World and coming back with stories and saying how fun it was. I live in Michigan and only a few hours from Cedar Point. So I always would say, why go all the way there when you could just drive a few hours away and ride a lot more coasters and faster, thrilling rides? That was my thinking for many years. Fast forward a few years, I married with three kids, and in 2007, month of October, my father-in-law was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. We took him, my wife took care of him, and then by Thanksgiving, he passed away. My wife was very close to him, and so were the kids. He did everything with him. As the holiday season approached, I felt I had to do something. My wife was being very strong, but I wanted to do more. Then it hit me, the happiest place on earth, Disney World. I called a travel agent friend, and in mid-November, all she could find was a place just south of Orlando called Celebration. We booked a room for the day after Christmas through New Year's Day. The day of Christmas came and my kids were so excited. We drove down from Michigan, staying a night in Atlanta, then arrived on the 26th. We unpacked the kids and were asking to go swimming in the outside pool. We would never forget the look on the Florida people's eyes as it's going through the lobby with with their bathing suits on and jumped into the pool. It was as cool as 65 degrees out. <laughs> it was a cool 65 degrees out. The next morning, I asked the guy at the desk how to buy Magic Kingdom tickets. He said whatever we need, he can get. So off to Magic Kingdom. Then that's when the Disney bug hit me. 
Just like the many commercials where the adults turn into kids again, we bought Mickey ears, met as many characters as possible, and went from ride to ride. Me, my wife, and three kids stayed till they kicked us out. The next was Epcot. The following day was Animal Kingdom. We all again just loved New Year's Eve. We went to Hollywood Studios. My youngest was nine and didn't ride many things. Somehow we got her on the rocking roller coaster and she loved it. The Osborne lights was amazing. The fireworks on the New Year's Eve celebration was icing on the cake. The whole trip was perfect and took everyone's mind off the loss of a father, father-in-law and grandpa. We all agreed that this is what grandpa would, would have liked to see us do. In his loss, we got to have some fun and we did. Or in his loss, go have some fun. And we did. Every Christmas since we visit Disney World, and we plan on going as long as we can. That sort of reminds me of uh, my my first Christmas at Disneyland, too. Went because of a loss. So how wonderful that you did the same thing, Todd, and you made it into an annual tradition. Yep, I agree. So... Uh, all great written submissions for us, mm-hmm. but we also have some audio submissions as well, too. So, should we go ahead and listen to those? Absolutely. See ya. I am from Oroville, California. My favorite Christmas memory is back when my grandmother was still alive. There was this one year, she didn't tell us she got us anything for Christmas. And come Christmas morning, she took all our family to Disneyland. And that was the best time I ever had and best Christmas memory that she ever gave us. Hi, Michael and Craig. My name is Heidi. I live in Washington State in a town just a little bit north of Seattle. First, I wanted to thank you so much for your wonderful podcast I always enjoy listening to it, and I like to think of your podcast as my comfort podcast because I always know I'm going to get some great Disney history and Disney information. I also wanted to wish you both a happy Thanksgiving and a Merry Christmas. Uh, I did debate whether or not to send in my story because while it technically takes place during the holidays, it doesn't relate specifically to holiday activities But I thought, what the heck, I'll send it in. It probably would have been more appropriate for your podcast uh, celebrating Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary with fan memories. Uh, So here goes. So it takes place during December of 1982, just a couple days after Christmas. My family was in Florida visiting my grandparents who had a house in Mount Dora so, of course, we had to go go check out the new Disney Park, Epcot. And uh, on the attraction Horizons, if you recall, you got to choose your ending for that ride. Well, I chose the undersea option, and my brother, younger brother chose the space option. And our father was on the ride with us, and he was ended up being the tiebreaker, and he went with me and chose the undersea option. So that's what we got to see. Well, my younger brother wasn't too happy about that. And unfortunately, he never did get to see the uh, uh, space option because so much time ended up passing between this trip and the next time he could get to Epcot that Horizons was no longer there. 
uh, it's, it's made for a, a, a good laugh in the family and a little bit of, you know, sibling rivalry because dad, you know, went with me and not with my younger brother. Uh, I actually don't really remember any holiday activities at the time. You know, of course, Epcot was brand new, so I don't even know if they had any. Uh, but again, the, you know, the story took place during a Christmas trip when we were visiting grandparents. So again, thanks for all you guys, everything you guys do. And I look forward to hearing, uh, other, uh, holiday fan memories, uh, on your podcast. Since this is the last episode of 2021, and we have so many memories to share, we are foregoing our history segment in this episode, but it will return in 2022. So, Craig, we mentioned that we just returned from Destination D, and in a future episode or episodes, we are going to go into it in a lot more detail. But overall, what was your just your impression of it? I, you know, I will just be honest and say that it was not my favorite Destination D, or I guess now we have to just call it all Destination D23. Since yeah, they did change the name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's not, it, it was not my favorite um, of the ones that I've attended. I, I missed out on, you know, I, I think I started attending these and gosh knows what year but i did the one that it was like the 64 world's fair i missed the jungle cruise one and then i definitely did the the last one as well and then this one so i think i've attended three of them and i i don't know something you know the crowd that was there i i feel like i i feel like maybe there was something a little off you know, like maybe, maybe while we were all so happy to be there and together an event, uh, post pandemic, you know, this being the first, the very first, uh, big event that happened after the pandemic, um, I, I feel like maybe it just wasn't all quite there. I know, I know I spoke to a lot of people throughout the weekend who seemed confused about what to expect from destination D23. I think a lot of them thought it was going to be more like D23 expo. Uh, I even heard that in like the line for Mickey's of Glendale at one point, someone was, was saying like, yeah, you know, it's, it's cool. There's like all these Disney history things, but I thought there was like celebrities and, and stuff like that. So I think, I think there was a good amount of people who bought tickets for it, not knowing what to expect from the event. But I, I will say the, the highs of the event, the the high points of the event, were some of the best ones that I've experienced at a at a destination. D, um, like Dick Nunes, for example, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. was uh, it's a great interview. It was a great great interview. Um, I I loved seeing Kermit the Frog on stage, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, the weird Walt Disney World is always with Becky Klein. It's always a fun panel and. Uh, the, the one panel, I, I can't even think of which one it was now, but, uh, the Jason Grant, not, not the gallery one, but the other one that he did was just absolutely hilarious that ended in a weird battle of the bands between. Oh, yeah. <laughs> food rocks and, 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 and yeah, that yeah. they made merchandise for, which mm-hmm. 
just like wild. So uh, some of the panels that were like the highlight ones were just as good as any other years. But uh, for for me, it just it it felt like there was something a little bit missing. But yeah, just for me. I agree. Now, I, I, I've been to just about all of them, including the ones that were out at Disneyland. And I just feel like it was, seems like it's heading into the direction of the, the, you know, the Walt Disney Christmas Parade on television. It's more promoting and merchandising than in the past. And, it was still interesting, but for me, out of all the ones I've attended, I think, I think I've attended all of them. Not I believe sure. You have yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, this is the weakest I felt. It was still good, you know. Something has to be at the bottom, you know, when yeah. you, when you're grouping them all. This for me, this was the bottom. For it doesn't mean it was bad. But I don't know. There, there was just something missing in it. It didn't help that IAPA was like the week before where they made big announcements. And, uh, you know, and I thought, really? You couldn't have waited till your event to talk about like, you know, Disneyland's Toontown is getting redone, you know, and things like that. So, yeah, I, we'll I, I do agree with what, what you're saying with that. Uh, you know, it's, and again, we will go into the, the full breakdown of the panels and such, but as a, as a huge, huge wide overview on it, just, just looking at the panels, like there was the look towards the future, which they did that at the, they, they did that at the last one in 2018. Uh, I wasn't at the 2016 one to know if they did it there, but I know for a fact it was not part of the 2014 one, the attraction rewind. That mm-hmm. one, started going it went directly into the panels and it was two full days of that not not big breaking news or anything so i i'll be quite clear i i see why they do it and it's a big fan convention where you get everyone together and you get some excitement for some announcements but i wish they would take this out of the event and just focus on on the panels because this is where you do confuse people thinking that they're going to hear news and maybe see celebrities, things like that. It's just, just take that out of there and, yeah, yeah. um, and just make it, make it about the reason why everyone is there to learn about Disney history and such. And that's my opinion on it. But, uh, as, as you said, it was all like there were so many selling moments. There was a Cirque du Soleil presentation, a Galactic Star Cruiser presentation. Um, just even even the next day, the biggest panel on the Sunday was a panel about the 50 years of magic book that was written for. There Walt were almost Disney like multiple. It felt like multiple panels on that one because they, yeah. the way it they segmented it. Yeah. <laughs> now the good thing is at least it was still a history. They saw a lot of content and all that. So that was good. It was. I yeah. I feel like that one needed to be spaced out though. Um it just it was a lot it was a lot of content and mm-hmm. over an hour and a half that felt like it would have been stretched out a little bit uh, better, but like even you know, even from they had a merchandise one on Sunday that like You know, the panels all wearing all the stuff you can get from the vault collection while talking about past merchandise. Almost none of which is available. (laughs) Yeah, right. 
that was the yeah. funny thing. So, and then there was like, and then like some of the panels that had nothing that they were selling uh, were the ones that I was bummed it didn't go longer, like the musical attractions of Walt Disney World, mm-hmm. uh, where they mm-hmm. talked about the music. Like they didn't even beat around the bush; they had to like rush through. They had to rush through that one. Weren't um, you hoping they were then going to announce that they were going to release? Yeah. Uh, 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 at least a, a version of the 50th anniversary box that Disneyland did, you know, even if it was just going to be a streaming version or yeah. something. Uh, but uh, yep, you know. and they sounded defeated about it, like almost. It, Tom Fitzgerald sounded like, "Yeah, I know you guys want this, but we don't have it, and I, <laughs> we want to find ways to keep bringing it to you." And they they mentioned multiple times, like. We know that streaming is the future, and that's they want everything on streaming. Like, uh, learn from what like vinyl collectors have gone through in the resurgence of of LPs. There is an audience. You don't have to ma- mass produce everything. I know it costs more money to do limited runs, but you will sell it out. Even if they made a run of those box sets of the music for Walt Disney world featuring tracks that we don't currently have Mm -hmm. make 10,000 copies. You will sell out that. No problem. Um, Oh yeah. They they could do more. It's but like they sounded defeated at points in time of, yeah, you know, we'll bring what we can to Spotify because we know people out there love parks music. the same way that we, we love listening to park music when we're in our cars and at home and such so yeah that was that was kind of a bummer with it but like the park stars panel that was the one that jason grant did going over all the icons and such at walt disney world that 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 was fun too there was so there was some fun ones but yeah there was a lot of selling moments mm-hmm. throughout mm-hmm. this and yeah. uh, i don't i don't like that <laughs> yeah yeah but it won't stop me from going again i really enjoyed it overall oh yeah because at the end of the day you still have you have the archives exhibits and you mm -hmm. have shopping at mickey's of glendale which i am so so mad i didn't get my hands on one of the muppet haunted mansion t-shirts because that was the most popular thing that was sold out before even day one was over but oh you should have told me because we went in there at 2 p.m i could have grabbed one for you Michael, I literally, I, when I saw it first thing in the morning, cause I got a sneak peek in there. I said, they are smart enough that they will not run out of this shirt. They will have enough for the full weekend. <laughs> and then I, there was very Saturday little, and it was gone. There, there was, there was a lot that even by when we got there at two, they're, they were already running out of things. I, I don't know so. how they were so short sighted on that. I, I did find, like tucked away on a rack, I found a medium the very next day that is perfect for Kylie because she likes shirts a little baggier. So mm-hmm. uh, there was there was a medium and two smalls, and I grabbed the medium, and that was that. But I got myself the print, so oh, I, good, I didn't good. walk away empty handed mm-hmm. with Muppets on a mansion. Oh, good. Okay. So one thing that I did, I, you know, I was there for a few days. Uh, so I did a few things I'd never done before. I went to give kids the world night of a million lights the the night the day I landed, and um, it, I'd never been to it before. So I, you know, we took an Uber out to wherever we were, where Give Kids the World <laughs> is. I have no idea. It sort of looked like Southern California in a way, the area that they're in. That community yeah and um they anyway 
It was beautiful. It was it was lovely. Very nice. It was not the least bit crowded, but you know, it was a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know why I had it in my head we were going to get a scoop of ice cream. Maybe that's on the weekends or they if did you that do last year. Yeah, but they didn't do it this year. Hmm. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, but it, it was a lot of fun, and it was pretty. The tram ride, you know what? Get rid of the tram ride. I would have rather just walked through and seen the houses. But the tram ride is basically the whole time you're driving through because you can't get a good look at the houses. Uh, like at the Diz house, we scooted by. I was on the wrong side. So I couldn't get a really good look, couldn't get a photo of it or anything like that. But, um, but there's a narration for the whole tram ride by Jody Benson that is a, a giant commercial for Give Kids the World. <laughs> and I thought, you know, you already have the audience here. Yeah, you got the them people, in the door. That was you the- know, you know, you, people who are here know Give Kids the World. Exactly. And what they do. But I never thought I would get tired of Jody Benson's voice. <laughs> well, you know what? It's possible. And uh, it was loud. And I I would say, if, they, if I have one suggestion, get rid of the tram. And play jolly Christmas music. This sad Christmas music that was playing most of the time I was there. First of all, when I walked in, they were playing Anchors Away, which, yeah, yeah, we, that's a great Christmas traditional song in my house. But, um, but, um, but I mean, why were they playing? They would play sad Karen Carpenter's, the some music I, oh, guess which one they played, Craig? When I was there last Christmas. <laughs> I thought you You're, are kidding me. You're so happy. Sure. It was by it was by another artist, if you want to call her that. But why? Why? Uh, there are plenty. There's plenty of happy music to go with dancing lights. Why? Why depressing Karen Carpenter songs? And uh, Karen Carpenter makes makes deck the halls. What you did. Open a bottle of bourbon hey. and just down it. <laughs> I I will always. This is the one thing that we cannot agree on. I feel like this is my Muppets and Liberty Square with you. The <laughs> Carpenter's Christmas albums. I I cherish them. And yes, uh. they they do have their lower moments. But like her version of Sleigh Ride is so much fun. So. Well, then they should have played that one there and not her sad, we wish you a Merry Christmas, now die. I mean, it is just horrible. So, um, anyway. But I, it, it, was, it was lovely. It, it puts you in the spirit on my, my Facebook page, my Connecting with Walt Facebook page. I do have a, a video of it when they were playing, um, Trans Siberian Orchestra. Yeah. So, and all that. And it was great. I did see another little interesting thing I saw. I saw Cirque du Soleil drawn to life, and you saw that too. I did, yes. Right? Yeah. And uh, first of all, I'm impressed by the athleticism and the artistry of these folks. And um, that juggler, I mean, for me, he was the highlight. He went so fast that it looked like he had four or five hands sometimes because they were blurred. With those balls juggling in the air? Yeah, unfortunately for my show, uh, 
luckily so i was there for the media event um mm-hmm. so i i cannot technically by the dis standards i cannot review it but i we there was a party afterwards inside uh some of the venues that were right by with food and drinks mm-hmm. and kylie and i happened to sit down with the uh one of the assistant assistant directors of the show and another one of the talent directors and you know we said like are you guys proud of the show did you you know are you happy with how it turned out and you know they're like yeah overall yes uh tonight no um the juggler he dropped multiple multiple times oh oh not for hours he dropped one ball but it was not a big deal yeah they were and that was just the least that was like their biggest issue but apparently a lot of stuff went wrong with our show and they were like why did it have to happen on the media night? And we tried to, we were, saying, we were like, oh, we, you know, we thought, we thought like that the performers were just doing that to build up the suspension. Like, oh, are they able to do it? Are they screwing up? So when they do it right, that it seems more impressive. And they're like, yeah, mm-hmm. that happens with one act in particular. There's, uh, there's this act that is actually hilarious because they had something very similar at the circus that they used to do at Epcot, but basically two wheels attached on a, on, on an arm and there's Mm -hmm. four in total and they're all swinging around in unison and the people are running inside. Yeah. The old mill scene. Yeah. 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 And it's awesome. And, and the director was saying a lot of times those guys will try to act like they're going to fall and, you know it's it's a long fall if they fall uh so apparently they they like to goof around with that but uh it was you know i i i respect every single one of those artists that are Mm -hmm. in the show they are the pinnacle of performers and do just mind-blowing things and tell a cohesion story as it's moving on as well oh well i'm glad you figured out the story because I was trying to piece it together, and after a while, I just thought, okay, what what does this act have to do with this young girl blossoming to be an animator? I mean, I didn't know what was going on for some of it. I mean, there was some I could figure out. Otherwise, I thought, okay, these are just performers. And then they're just displaying some image of a Disney character so that they can say it's part of the act part of the storyline but i had no clue they it it really (laughs) it really did though so i so i will admit there were i i was confused with parts too that had to be filled in later because uh unfortunately we were in the lobby when the show started so we missed the most important exposition of the show that's this is not a spoiler for it but uh the the main character's father is was Mm -hmm. an animator and passed away and right. so that's kind of the the crux that a note was left and inspires the main character to to learn animation and go down that path and so then each of the scenes it it builds on her learning animation and growing as an animator so like right the first sequence being there's like these a, a group of tumblers that will they will pause and like they'll all be stretched out all eight or nine of them in like a different position kind of showing how like 
an animator would sequence out. So when you play it all fast together, it gives that study of movement. So each of the different acts is supposed to be a different facet of animation through the ink and paint sequence. And then like with the that one, I got the, the, the Mary Blair scene was wonderful. Yeah. So I, I do, mm. I will say I understood it as it was moving along, but I would say for most people, it will go completely over their heads yes um, yes i caught a few of it but some of it i did not get and I, I understood the villain the crumpled paper getting discouraged throwing things away okay i got that those little trolls with the waste baskets i thought those are right out of harry potter i did not care for them yeah they were a little scary. and and you know the guy the guy on the pencil you knew that shirt was coming off <laughs> the buff guy so we got to see a preview of of uh drawn to life way back when in 2020 at mm-hmm. the runaway railway preview mm-hmm. and i had forgotten like i remembered roughly the pencil guy and we got to see the the tumblers doing the study of movement and those were the two sequences we watched and i i forgot about I, I I remembered there was a guy swinging on a pencil, and I forgot how strong he was, how impressive Amazingly it was. Amazingly strong. And yeah. I forgot about the shirt popping off, but every <laughs> female I was with that was yeah. also at that preview, they remembered. <laughs> I'm sure they did. The I'm sure they did. But um, and, and then in the beginning, they, they bring up four children who do art, and then these people... Oh, yeah prance around and children are great and then they display their art and it, it's really wonderful but these guys i i don't know if they're animators or what in the way they do their makeup and they uplift them they looked at and the faces they're making these exaggerated faces i thought this is the stuff of nightmares mm-hmm. uh th- th- they looked so grotesque to me that i was really put off by them every single time they appeared they were just way too grotesque. And then at the end, when they're doing their bows, and then the house lights are up, they look normal. They look like good-looking young people. And I thought, why did they make them look so hideous throughout the whole show? I, that I didn't get. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Cirque, so you go into it with a, a level of creepiness. And that's one thing that I, it, you know... I, I just, I, I love the idea of Cirque. I love the soundtracks with a lot of Cirque shows. Like, I, I listen to Beatles Love, uh, pretty regularly, even though I've never seen this show. I listen to the Elvis Cirque show. I listen to the Michael Jackson one. I still listen to Lanuba. And if Drawn to Life releases their soundtrack, I will, I will be listening to that too. Um, I love the music. I would listen to yeah, the soundtrack. I, I don't think I'd see this again, though. Yeah. Well, I'd, I would see it one more time since I technically didn't pay the first time. I would want to go and see it again and, you know, not miss out on the first part of the show that has all the exposition in it, even though I figured out the show after that. Just, you know, still wanted to see it in general. But uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think for me, it's, after I see it the next time, it will be a very long time in between shows uh, where I don't I didn't feel that way with Lanuba. I didn't see it often, but that was more out of just like a money thing back when Lanuba was running is I never I never had the money to go mm-hmm. see that show. And I would have seen I it never so many saw times. it. Yeah. 
I, I've seen, I, I saw another Cirque show that came through Sacramento years ago. I took my my daughter to see it with me. She was in high school. And we, uh, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. I had no idea, though, there was a story. It was only afterwards I found out there was a story. I just thought it was like, you know, we had a circus out here called Circus Vargas. I don't know if it's still around. It was a family and it was, it was, you know, a circus without animals. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those kinds of circuses. And it reminded me very much of that. A lot of acrobats and other types of, of artistic performances and things. And, um, so that's sort of what I thought Cirque was. And, uh, then I thought, oh, there's stories to these. So, so I don't know. I, so I, I have mixed feelings on this. I have to, I'll have to ponder it. Maybe we'll have to talk about it off air so you can explain the rest of it to me. Yeah. Then I asked, is there a program? And they said, yes. And I haven't opened it. It got all damaged in the rain. Oh, it rained on me. And, uh, and then, um, I guess it's like a big poster or something. Yes. So I have to see if the story is in the poster. I didn't open mine up. I crushed mine in the car. So mm-hmm. hopefully it's <laughs> completely damaged. But yeah, I need to look over that too. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's, you know, I, I think, I think it's worth uh, anyone going to see once and then decide if you want to see it multiple times. But I, yeah. I think it is going to have a long run. I think a lot of people are going to love, love this show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and some maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it's <laughs> some maybe not. I think this is uh I don't think this is for everybody. So no, it, I mean that's that's Cirque in general. I think you yeah. either you either get it or you don't. And um you know, it's there are some there are some uh performances towards the end of the show that uh that make up for the fact that I think there's a big lull in the middle of the show mm-hmm. and it, it gets, a, it drags along a lot. And then there's this unicycle act and, Oh, that's um, amazing with all the fairies. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. the old mill that we were talking about with the, the mill rounds. And then there's, then there's these teeter totter guys that just, Keep and what were, what were they higher what were higher. they trying to tell us in the in the his, in the progression of animation so that one i can tell you uh from my talks with again the director <laughs> that one it something it had to deal with a little bit of the the idea of um you know erasing your work however there was a contraption that they were using for that sequence that ultimately didn't come together in the test shows so they completely had to redo it, like in the four shows leading up to the premiere. So that one, the story on that is a loose to none because they had to completely retool it days before it opened. Um, so I, I, I'll, okay, I'll give no, them a pass then, on that. <laughs> oh, all right, and then the one, um, oh, the one I I love the act where they're jumping and then they hold up what looks like notebooks or something and then they jump on them and they slam to the ground so what was that one? oh the the women at the end yeah yeah I, that i i would be honest i had no idea on that one that's like the one thing that i didn't get okay. <laughs> uh it was impressive though um, it was they were good boy that those women were holding that and then those women hit it and went down i yeah. jumped every time oh and i 
I, I am not saying this in a, in a bad way. I hope no one takes this out of context, but basically, uh, the, the performance is done on these like pendulum swings and mm-hmm. all these ladies run out and they're all small and petite. And then there are two that are like built muscular and much taller. And when they all ran out the first time, I, I, it's like looking at it and I, think i even whispered to kylie i was like what's going to happen because like it's not with the groups they are always like all very similar and it's like these these two girls are just sticking out like a sore thumb and then those were the ones who were were using their bodies to manipulate these swings and get them going and i mean they were the the way they were swinging them they were able to shoot the girls at the other end of the swings uh what probably 30 feet into the air it felt like like it was it was purely insane and as you said they would land on these mats it just uh i i wish i had the bravery to do anything that they do but yeah i yeah yeah. but anyway so that was cirque and then we went to the um i went to the merriest after hours party and it was well i liked it better than boobash because but Overall, well, first of all, it rained. So the stage show got canceled the first two times I saw it. And once right in the middle, <laughs> they just, everything stops and they just walk off this the second time around. At least though, they come out and they do a little Christmas carol show. And I got to hand it to them. I think each show was just slightly different. And so I never saw the stage show, the real stage show. They did run the, the you know, the shorter parade. And, and the Christmas parade. So that was nice. And, but I don't know. Overall, I was a bit disappointed with it. You know, you get the snickerdoodle. That was terrific. And, you know, once, and that one was fine for me. I didn't think they, I thought they were okay. And everybody's raving about it. The hot chocolate was really good. Uh, they did a <laughs> good job with the hot cocoa. You see, I'm and the then, you know, I thought that the snickerdoodle was amazing, and the fact that it was packaged meant you could take home as many as you wanted. But I thought that cocoa was like every time they handed it to me, I'm just like, I just want the cookie. Please stop giving this to me. I don't. Oh, like see, it. I, I liked, I liked it. I thought it was good. But and then, and then you know, then I got a popcorn and a couple bottles of water, and that was it for snacks and stuff for me but i miss the molasses cookie and the sugar cookie and all that that they used to give and you know i you know i went on haunted mansion i went on jingle cruise more on that later and you know i didn't go on much and then oh nice but what i did like i loved the fireworks minis fireworks show and i know not everybody does but i I thought they were like old school, like pre-Iger. They, it was simple projections that were festive and holiday projections. They weren't these, the frantic images of enchantment where they're just cramming as many characters in as they can. They were, they were playing Christmas carols. The only IP song was when, 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 when we're together from whichever frozen film that's from and or the short and then they and that fit perfectly in and i thought the fireworks were pretty good so just to me it was like a nostalgic old school nice christmas fireworks show without throwing in a million characters 
And you know? see, I I do not connect with that soundtrack at all. I think it's just so, so weak. And so I want projections and characters that are on another level if the music isn't going to live up to my expectations. Oh, so see, just, I just yeah. liked it. I, and maybe it's because it reminds me of the you know old Disneyland days or something. I don't know. But it really put me in the festive spirit. That right. fireworks show. I'm. I. That's. It's all subjective. It's. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So, but you know, would I pay again for this? No. <laughs> no, not at all. So, I mean, maybe if I took my granddaughter to it, now that she lives near Walt Disney World, but I, I wouldn't go again to this. And I'm worried this is the future of parties. Unfortunately. You know? Yeah. So. But um, one of the things we did see for Destination Days, we got a preview of Encanto. And I really like this film. I thought it was a lovely story of, of family and working together and communication and understanding what people have been through and learning people's stories. And I thought... It, the colors are amazing. I thought, again, they always improve animation with each film. I thought that they, they, they're getting better with subtleties of facial expressions. Like some of the looks Abuela gave, I thought, okay, I have seen those looks from older relatives. Some of those subtle looks. I thought, I thought it was amazing what they did with lighting in this. I thought they did a really good job with lighting. The lighting effects. And, of course, it's Lin-Manuel Miranda's music, very much like In the Heights, especially like that opening song. A lot of energy. And, and you know, then there's the, the exposition song of everybody telling their stories. Again, that reminded me a lot of In the Heights. I, I would recommend maybe you listen to the soundtrack first, because I had trouble catching all the words, because they were so quick. And all that, but but again, the movement, the en- the energy of the animation in some of the production numbers were really incredible, really impressive. I thought so. I I really really enjoyed this film. So, what about you, Craig? I basically feel <laughs> the exact opposite about you uh, oh, about it funny. as you do um i i will agree with you from a technical perspective it's very very uh it's very uh it's very impressive it is definitely the prettiest thing they have put out and that's kind of what you expect from disney at this point you know you expect them to continue building on their technology with each movie the same way that that pixar does uh but to me i thought i thought this was a train wreck from start to finish it i i i do i don't want to give away like the the plot and the twist of it although they kind of do in the previews but mm-hmm. um it is about finding your place and finding how to connect as a family but i just feel like no one knew how to tell the story they wanted to so it was overly long uh the music was completely forgettable um you know I, I love Lin-Manuel Miranda's stuff. I love In the Heights. I love Hamilton, Moana. I think that part of what makes his writing special is that it is 
it is faster, especially with with his style, um, especially when it's telling longer stories. But you can still actually take the music, comprehend it, and sing it back. There, there was not a single song that I could even like remember the style to by the time the movie was over. And I mean, it's not, it's not like he, it's a problem with his. Like I listened to Moana twice, and there was multiple songs that, um, yes. that I could immediately like pick up on. And after a couple times of listening, I knew every word. I've listened to the soundtrack to Encanto. Now I think probably four times to give it a shot. And it's still like, it's still like I'm hearing every song for the first time, every time through, uh, with the, with the exception being, uh, the, the one sister song that is, uh, the, she is oh, the, Luisa's song. Yeah. The tough one. Um, mm-hmm. I, that one, I, but even then it's hard. I can't memorize it. It's just like that song sticks out to my, in my head, um, a little bit more. So I think the music is a mess. I think, the full plot line is pretty, pretty sloppy. And I just ultimately, I didn't care about a single character in the entire family. I, it's just, I, they almost strive besides the little kid, uh, the little almost, boy who could talk to animals, yeah, right? Everyone else. Yeah. They, Antonio. Like, unlikable. Yeah. In a way. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. So I don't know. I I I I agree. Antonio was my favorite character. Yeah. So and, I yeah. I will obviously watch it at least one more time, and I will buy it because I'm a completionist and I have to buy every Disney movie. But uh, basically, like going back from the stretch of you know starting at uh, I'll say Tangled just for uh, clarity's sake on this. Uh, it, Literally, I think, it, with the exception of Wreck-It Ralph 2, I think it's the weakest one they've done, mm. with Wreck-It Ralph 2 being the absolute pinnacle of bad during this period. And, um, yeah, I just, I, I hope, I hope it goes over well with people. And I think it will, because, you know, at the end of the day, too, it is, it is shining a light on Colombians and in a different culture. And I think that is very important. And there are a lot of people who are going to be watching that seeing themselves as any one of the people in the family. And I think that is so nice, but yeah, it just, it didn't, it didn't come together with me. I think they spent too much time trying to find the heart that they lost the plot, but Mm, that's just my take. Okay, and and I recommend it. <laughs> we we need to do our own show, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down. We I, have fun with that. I recommend it too. I think you should <laughs> see it at least once and form your own opinion. We're two yeah. guys on the internet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, I'll definitely see it again. But I'm going to listen to the soundtrack first, which I, what that was one of the things they gave us at Destination D was um, they we got a little. I don't know what you call it—a card with a. We 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 got a, a children's like activity book, and then a card that where you could with a QR code that you could yeah. scan and get the soundtrack, which I lost my mind somewhere in the theater. <laughs> so then they gave me another one. <laughs> that seems to be my uh, theme with this trip: is like yeah. losing things. So, oh, the short before it, I found charming the raccoon family yep. short. Sorry. And really nice. Every parent will love this short. And and that's just all I'm going to say. I like the animation style. The animation was very different. 
Yes. Than it, some it, of their previous ones. Yeah. It still had a realism to it. It still, but it had that cartoon sense to it mm-hmm. and uh, a, a beautiful story told with no words. Like, I, I, I could not say a higher praise for it. Like, if you liked, is it Piper? Yes. I yes. think you'd yeah. like this one. I completely agree. That is mm-hmm. spot on. Yeah. And then uh, Flying Home, I downloaded um, a few films off Disney Plus onto my iPad. I watched one, and that was The Jungle Cruise. I finally watched it, and I liked it. I enjoyed it. I just thought it was a fun, you know, it it came out in the summer, a fun popcorn movie. Just a fun family film. Yep. I I think it is is a lot of fun. So it's not... Mm -hmm. Not a perfect movie by any means. Oh but, no! Um, Emily Blunt is charming in it. The Rock is uh, just—he's the Rock. You can't go wrong well, with but it. They and they've got a good magnetism. I mean, it, together that's yep. critical. Uh, her brother is hilarious. Whoever he is, yeah. So, no, he was. Uh, you know, he's a good uh, comic relief character mm-hmm. with it. But they all know how to do comedy in it, and that's what. That's what. Uh, that helps it keep moving along and you know it's just it's uh, i it's kind of like a a new take on pirates of the caribbean mixed with the brendan fraser mummy movies and it's not original by any means it's not perfect by any means but you know turn your brain off for two hours and just have a little fun just have fun yeah absolutely just have fun with this one. So during the holidays, to give you something to watch on Disney Plus, yeah, hunker down and, and just watch The Jungle Cruise. Yep. You'll enjoy it. And then go to the theater and see Encanto. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I experienced Genie Plus and Lightning Lanes and Standby Cues. And, you know... Uh, well, first of all, like you all said, Craig, when you, you spent your day following what the old G- free genie did, I had the same experience. It was a joke. Yeah. You know, I put in what kind of day I wanted, and it said, oh, really? That's not what you're going to do, though. <laughs> and, uh, and so I gave up on that. But I, I watched how, when I was standing in line for Jingle Cruise... And I went in a standby, and it was 60 minutes when I went in, or 55 minutes, and and then it went up to 80. Uh, but I was watching how they were handling lightning lanes that, uh, compared to the rabble. They would let, and it was consistent, they would let eight people from this huge standby line go a- a- into the boat. So they wouldn't even fill one side of the boat. And then the rest of the boat was lightning lane. And then, and that's how it was every single time. And it just made me angry. So you're forcing people to buy lightning lane if they want to go on more than like five attractions in a day. Yeah. Or something. And, um, five big ones at the very yeah, least. Yeah. Because all the big ones had these, lines these huge lines and all that so but i thought eight eight at a time that was ridiculous so um, i've seen it less honestly on the jungle cruise because basically what they're doing is they're throwing they're throwing the standby line on the 
technically like the right side of the boat. So uh, mm-hmm. in that section, you have four places where you can fill people. Uh, you have two right up beside the skipper. Well, it's I think you can fit three to four people in that spot, but you have that spot right by the skipper. They load the barrels. Uh, if you sit on the crates in the middle, that's on that side. See, then that went have... to Lightning Lane people. Oh, okay. Well, that's see. That's all they were doing though. when I was in line was that what you said. Then two people where you know the so, step seats. Yep. And then they put in two more people on the other side. On the other side of that. Yeah. And that was it. So then that's what it usually is. So technically, in those ones, I think you can fit. Uh, yeah, you could fit n- roughly nine, maybe ten, if it's smaller kids with it too. And then if you add on the crates, you can get like twelve, thirteen, fourteen again. But if they're not loading the crates and they're using that for lightning lane, then yeah, you'd be right. It'd be somewhere between. It could be as low as if it's all singles and everyone asks for their own spot. It could be as low as three people or uh, around eight or nine, and that's that's not a lot. And it gets even tighter then because Jungle Cruise is it's notoriously slow at loading, especially when you do have a lot of groups that need uh, the the extra assistance vehicles that have like the 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 disability, the wheelchair ramp on it and such. And yeah. that you know I, those are important to have, but those also take up capacity as well too it's it it makes it just slows everything down so jungle it cruise does. I, I i wish we could go back to the days that people just really didn't care about jungle cruise or jingle cruise because those were the days when it would be a 20 minute wait like all day i am tired of this anywhere between 60 minutes and two hours mm-hmm. it's it's too much it's too much yeah disneyland jungle cruise is just always 40 minutes i mean that's just what it is but it's probably worth It'll be worse when Dolce Genie Plus comes, rears its ugly little head. But it, it was just sad, I mean, to see that. But I was hearing Lightning Lane people, people bought Disney Plus complaining too. Yeah. It wasn't working, as they said, like sometimes, like after two hours, you could um, make another uh, a reservation that wasn't happening always. And I know there were all kinds of issues going on. The one thing that people seemed to like it for was that it enabled you to park hop. And before you got to the other park, you could start booking. Yep. That is reservations. Yep. And so people really liked that. Yep. So that's a positive thing about Genie Plus, I suppose. We found one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, but anyway, I, I just. I don't know. I was appalled. So, and and I didn't say anything to the cast members because I'm sure they got an edict from from up on high that this yep. is how we're handling it. Oh yeah, a thousand percent. It's it's not their call. They yeah. have to be held to that. Yeah. Well, that this is it, Craig. So, do you have any special plans during the holiday season? I'm just. Gonna keep living, keep doing work, and <laughs> well, that's uh, keeping living. That is an excellent plan, and one I heartily support. I've, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try my <laughs> best, but yeah, just stay busy with work, and hope I can uh, turn off during the actual holidays and spend some time with family, friends, loved ones, and uh, you know, just just try to make the most out of it. Just like I hope everyone else out there gets to do too. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, you know, heading down Christmas and Thanksgiving. I'll spend with Carol's family. I'll see my daughter, and also, and as um, I'm spending some time with friends, um, unpacking the house because the painter should be finishing up, and it'll allow me to unpack, and that will be wonderful. Hopefully, I can get some Christmas decorations up. May not, at least inside this year. Trying to find someone to hang the Christmas lights <laughs> this year. I thought, I think, I think my days of climbing the ladder to the second floor are just done. Yeah. So, um, I probably, but I'm learning. I probably should have thought that way back in September <laughs> and start finding people. Yeah, probably. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, but we want to thank all of you for your support this year. It's been a wild year. But let's hope um, 2022 is is an even happier is a happier year for all of us, and the things settle down a bit. But we wish you a happy Thanksgiving, a happy Hanukkah, a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year. We look forward to seeing you again in January. So, Craig, in the meantime. How can our listeners connect with you? I mean, you can keep following me on all the different shows on the Disunplugged Podcast Network that I'm a part of. And you can always find me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Teleclaster. And, uh, you know, you can always send me emails, craig at wdwinfo.com. But what about you, Michael? You can send me messages at michael at wdwinfo.com. Twitter, I'm at mbowling121. Facebook, I'm Bowling dash connecting with Walt. Instagram, I'm michaelbowlingthediz. And you can connect with me and Craig on Twitter at connectingwalt. If you would like to listen to more shows on the history of Walt Disney, his studio, his Imagineers, and Disneyland, check out our Disneyland podcast archives for my Disney history episodes on the link Craig includes in our show notes or at disneyplug.com. Look for past episodes of Connecting with Walt on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Pandora, and Amazon podcasts, where you can subscribe to our show and leave some positive reviews and ratings when possible. So thank you for making us a part of your day. And remember, I only hope that we don't lose sight of one thing, that it was all started by a man, Walt Disney, and his brother Roy. Roy.